Hello everyone and welcome to the Banter Roundtable podcast. This is your host, Ben Cohen. And I'm Justin Rosario. The Banter Roundtable podcast is brought to you by the Banter Newsletter. We rely on our generous subscribers to keep going, so please support us by signing up for a Banter membership today. You can get a 50% discount when you join the community and you'll get access to all our premium articles and locked archive. You will also be supporting independent, responsible media at a crucial time when our democracy is in peril. Your support is greatly appreciated. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 97 of the Banter Roundtable podcast. We're back after a week's hiatus. Justin, how are you today, sir? I am fantastic. How are you? Uh, yeah, I've been better, uh, <laughs> physically and psychologically. There's a lot of things getting me down a bit in the news, I would say. Physically, I've been having a few health issues, no, nothing like the past, but um, I was being kind of sarcastic, but yeah, I get it. <laughs> uh, so look, in the show today, we are going to be diving into the ongoing saga in the House of Representatives. Speaker Mike Johnson, aka MAGA Mike is walking a very thin tightrope, uh, having passed a continuing resolution with more Democratic than Republican votes, a move that echoes his predecessor, uh, Kevin McCarthy's strategy. We'll explore the implications of this and what it might mean for his future, especially as he faces off against Hakeem Jeffries in the upcoming spending bills showdown. We'll be talking about the anti-Israel left reaching shocking new lows. Can it get worse? It can. Um, then we'll be going into the controversial figure of Jill Stein, examining allegations of her involvement in the election and potential ties to Russian interests. We're also going to be looking at Cornell West, Marianne Williamson and George Santos. Um, we have our Grifter of the Week segment. And uh, then we'll be heading, have our Sunshine of the Week, which will give you a small dose of optimism. Hopefully all the bad news uh, will do something to counteract all the bad news. Then we're going to go into the emergency meeting. Trump has gone full Nazi. That's uh, an emergency meeting, so hang around all you lovely Banter members and uh, get yourself a Banter membership if you don't and you listen to that. So, uh, let's get going. This week, MAGA Mike. Uh, Justin, what's your read? How's, how's MAGA Mike doing? How how uh, how hardcore is he? He's so hardcore that he gave in almost immediately to... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's so weird. It, I mean, so on the one hand, we're like, you know, our family is like, oh, phew, we don't have to worry about a government shutdown during the holidays. Yay. Um, so uh, on the other hand, it's like, hooray, it's been delayed until February 2nd. Or, well, for us, right? So all right, do, do, do you understand what he did? Do you understand the laddered CR thing that he did? It's, uh, it's, uh, it's Yeah, so there's, there's two components, right? So it's it's two components to the to the bill right so they basically they're still negotiating but there's like a temporary relief right is that is that basically it well all right so what they did was it's and this is because they've never done this before right a, a continuing resolution's always been you just continue government spending at the level that it was already at until such a such and such a date right one month two months three months whatever it needs to be that's not what they did this time this time what they did was Several agencies are going to be funded until January 19th, um, like um, uh, the veterans and a couple of others. And then the rest of it is going to be funded until February 2nd, mm. right? So on January 19th, you'll have a partial government shutdown. And on February 2nd, the rest of it shuts down, okay? Um, and the point of that, according to Johnson, because uh, this was his brainchild, apparently, was to pressure Senate Democrats to not uh, pass an omnibus spending bill, right? They, don't want, he, they didn't want one giant spending bill. Hmm. Um, but, and, and I understand what he's doing, because what happens is when you do the one big spending bill, right, you tie um, funding for uh, the Department of Education to the Department of Defense. Right. And then you can't cut one without cutting the other. It's all lumped together, right? Um, because Republicans don't want to cut Department of um, Defense, so they're going to pass the bill. 
and they don't get a cut to Department of um, Education, right? So that's what that's what they're trying to do. They want that, but that's the deal they made back during the summer, where all the bills would be done separately, and Democrats agreed to that, right? Senate Democrats and House Democrats and the White House. This was the deal they made. And I haven't seen anything about them saying they're no, they weren't going to honor that deal anymore, even though McCarthy's no longer speaker. They, they, at no point did I see anything saying, well, McCarthy's not speaker. We don't have to honor that deal now, even though McCarthy didn't honor the deal and was stabbing them in the back anyway. I haven't seen anything that they weren't going to honor this deal, but they were still going to try to do all the bills separately, um, which – the House has been trying to do, the House Republicans have been trying to do, which they have been failing to do, right? Even under Johnson, they can't pass their own bills. They keep trying to bring them to the floor and they can't pass them because they're just terrible at their jobs, right? They're, they're completely fractured. They can't get anything done. But if Johnson doesn't want an omnibus bill, then there's no goddamn omnibus bill. He doesn't need this gimmick to force the issue. It's up to him. He's the speaker. If he right. says no omnibus bill, there's no omnibus bill. And that's it. No one can make him do it. Right. He's the third most powerful person. Right? So I don't understand what they did here or why he had to do this. Um, so it's yeah, very so it's weird. Weird, right? But it's, it's, again, kind of kicking the can down the road. Well, I mean, that's all a CR ever is anyway. Right, 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 right. So it's like we'll promise to do something now, uh, so people, the, you know, we don't get the blame for destroying the government or destroying the economy, um, and then we'll try and cobble together another deal in a couple of months' time when shit hits the fan again. But they right. put themselves in a really bad spot now. If yeah. they had done it this year, right, a government shutdown this year would have been forgotten by next year. Right. Even if it was during the holidays, people would have forgotten it by next year. Mm. Now, they have to pass those bills in January mm. and February. Because if they do a shutdown in 2024, election that, you're in the election now. Right? And this is Mag and Mike we're talking about. Mag and Mike can't be seen to, uh, you know what I mean? Mag and Mike, Mag and Mike can't destroy the economy um, in the lead right. up to an election. Right, Thompson. because now because the 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 economy's doing just fine, which is something we'll discuss later. But mm. if there's a if there's sudden hit on the elect on the, the economy because of Republicans in right. an election year, they will pay for it. But now here's the other part that's really bad for them: they mm. cannot pass these bills. Right, the far right won't pass anything without huge cuts, and now the moderates. On the, mm. the Republicans are like, yeah, we're not going along with your bullshit because you're not Kevin McCarthy. We don't have any loyalty to you. So why should we put our seats at risk? We're, we don't have any. We don't owe you anything, MAGA Mike. Right. So now the bill either has to be too. They either has to be a centrist bill or a far right bill because it can't be anything in the middle because neither neither one of those extremes. Not that the moderates are extreme. But neither one of those ends of the spectrum are going to go along with one of those bills with, without it, which means Johnson has to get Democrats to vote for his bill, which means Hakeem Jeffries is going to eat his lunch. He's going to sit him down and say, so you need Democratic votes. Here's my list of demands, sir. And yeah. that's going to be a disaster. Well, it's already clear it's already clear that he will negotiate, right? That's one of the things. I think that the sort of uh, what was it called the um, the eight nutters in Congress, the Freedom Caucus, or what are they called? Uh, uh, no, the, yeah, the House Freedom Caucus, the the, the, the nut jobs, the MAGA nuts, the, the MAGA nuts, right? The the ones that are the extremists within the MAGA party. There's a name for the Taliban Twenty, right? They were the Taliban Twenty at one point, right? <laughs> but yeah, so, but that. Um, they, it's weird because they, he needs them, right? He needs them to do anything. But if they, the the magnates would insist that he cross legislation that nobody else is going to accept. So they, they're stuck. So he's going, but he's already shown that he's going to negotiate. 
right? Which is must piss off the the MAGA nuts no end. But they haven't called for his removal. Yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting. Which possibly confirms my theory that he is there for one purpose and one purpose only. Trump wanted someone there to fuck with the 2024 election. Mm. And there mm. was no guarantee that McCarthy would do it. So McCarthy had to go. And it's, MAGA Mike will do that for him because he already tried it. It's an interesting one. Look, on a quick side note about uh, violence in the my piece this week was about what's going on in the Republican Party. First of all, it's a shit show and they can't get anything. They can't get their act together or act as a unified voice. Second of all, they're literally fighting in Congress and in the Senate. Physically fighting, like physically literally fight. physically fighting or trying to physically fight. Yeah, this is bad. This is not good when a political party descends into this level of chaos. Just want to make that point. Hopefully people will read my article this week. But the first step is violence. Oh, I read it. It was very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like we're we're sort of we're in a new we're in uncharted territory now, where this is now deemed entirely acceptable on the right. Oh, it's not uncharted. This is not uncharted. We've been here before in the 1860s. Yeah, right yeah, before, right. right. The Civil War. <laughs> yeah, in the modern era, though, this is this is completely unprecedented uh, to have this level of like you know a sitting senator offering to fight a political opponent in the u.s senate i mean it, w w and not apologizing for it either right he was just very brazen about it he was like yeah what I, right I and i'm sure he got rewarded i'm sure he raked in a whole shitload of donations for that oh uh, yeah owning the libs that's what this guy's there for he's there to own the libs right and even if it means threatening to use physical violence if you own the libs you're good in the in the maga party so I think this is in very, very scary territory. Um, so I'd be interested to see. Like, it is quite fascinating to watch this party devour itself on li live on television on a daily basis now. But one of the things I worry about, if Trump and Biden do um, have a debate, I worry that Trump's going to go up and try to beat up Biden on stage just so we can prove how strong he is. I think that, that Donald Trump is a lot older. Um, he's He's... I genuinely think people talk about how old Biden is looking. I think Trump looks pretty past it these days. I don't think he's trying to fight anybody. I don't know. He's just, I don't mean like he's like tougher, but I think he's just bigger. He's bigger yes. and he's heavier, yes. you know, and that can make the, that. I mean, that kind of makes the difference when you're at that age, you don't have to be a lot stronger. You just have to be bigger. But I mean, he tried to, he did all that stuff. He did the hyper macho aggressive stuff in the first debate with Biden and it was horrendous. And it, it but every, a lot of people had a lot of sympathy for Biden after that. So if he has a single brain cell left, I think he's not going to do that personally. But, you know, who knows? Well, you mean a single functioning brain cell, which, you know, brain cell. we're not entirely sure that he does at this point. <laughs> all right, well, look, let's, let's move on. We've got, uh, the uh, the anti-Israel left reaching astonishing new lows. Your your pick this week for this topic was Linda Sarsour, which I I'm vaguely familiar with. Can can you give us a little? Um, a, All right, a little, she's uh, a she's a Palestinian American. Um, I know her from the uh, women's march back in 2018, 2019, and I I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to her until it came out that she was really buddy buddy with Louis Farrakhan. Uh, Louis Farrakhan, if you're not familiar, or dear listeners, is the head of the Nation of Islam, uh, which is a really extreme radical American group who is deeply, yeah, yeah deeply, yeah, they're deeply, deeply anti-Semitic, and yes. I don't mean like dog whistle, like you know, they don't talk about globalists. They just straight out, he straight out comes says uh, in speeches, he hates Jews. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they, right. it's, it's it's a viciously anti-Semitic group. Right. I mean, Malcolm, so, X, Malcolm X was an anti-Semite. You know, I mean, this is a thing that a lot of people don't like to talk about, but he was anti-Semitic. And you know, it's like you know, you're gonna do what you're gonna do, but don't pretend otherwise. So right. she she went out there. This was like a week and a half ago, and I just I just caught this. Um, I just caught a clip of this um, like two days ago, but she gave out. She was out there giving a speech about. All right, so a day or two after 
the um, the attack in October uh, on October seventh, um, some people started putting up posters of the kidnapped families, the kidnapped children, the kidnapped adults, um, and it wasn't you know you know destroy Palestine, free our family. It wasn't anything like that. It was literally just these people have been kidnapped, bring them home, right? And for so, and I swear to God, for the first couple of days I heard about this, I was like, yo, that cannot possibly be true that people were doing this, that people were going around and ripping down the posters. I was like, that's no. I thought that was just propaganda, that, some, that people were doing that. That's insane. Oh, that's There's real. no way. Yeah. But it turns out that, no, people were actually doing that. Like, a lot of people were ripping these posters down and saying that they it was pro-Israel propaganda. And it was like, um, yeah, I don't see how highlighting the plight of people who have been kidnapped and threatened with murder is pro-Israel propaganda. I, I, I'm not seeing the connection there, right? Those people were kidnapped. They are kidnapped, right? It's not, it's not up for debate. Like Hamas is says that we have them. We're trying to make a deal to get Israel to stop attacking us and we'll hand them back. That's hostages. That's what you do with hostages. That's why being taken hostage is your scumbag if you do that sort of thing. So pulling down those posters is a really fucked up thing to do. And people started making videos of people doing that and getting them in trouble because like you're an asshole if you're doing that and you deserve to suffer some consequences. So she went out there, Linda Sarsour, and she gave a speech to a whole crowd of people about how there are uh, uh, provocateurs all across the city waiting for you to rip down their little posters. They have their little people all around the city. They're everywhere. They're on your college campuses. They're They're outside the supermarket. You think they're ordinary people. And all I could hear, and I'm listening to that, and I'm like, okay, this is Republican. This is a Republican talking. This is how Republicans act. When you when they do something terrible and then they get caught doing it and they suffer consequences, they don't take responsibility for it. They blame them. It's them. They did it. They're doing it to you. You're the victim here. You're a hero and you're being victimized by them. It's all a conspiracy against you. And it sounded exactly like a MAGA rally. It's it was unbelievable that they did. It's like these are not these are not good people. These are not progressives. They're just future Republicans looking for an excuse to put on the red hat. Yeah, I think this is maybe the horseshoe theory in effect, where you're getting the far left and the far right converge upon this point. Unfortunately, it seems to always be around Jews, but there you go. Um I think, you know, look, so my this week, this is what I've been paying attention to, right? This is Jeremy Corbyn, who's the, the leader of the Labour, the ex-leader of the Labour Party in the UK. Um, now, Jeremy Corbyn um, was presided over the Labour leadership when there was, they uncovered massive levels of anti-Semitism in the Labour, within the Labour Party. I know people who left the Labour Party because of this. Uh, my parents, right, my parents who voted Labour their whole lives, um, I don't know whether they actively sat out a, uh, the election, but my parents refused to vote for Jeremy Corbyn um, because of how viciously, like, it's not that I necessarily think that he dislikes Jews, right? But he won't disavow people who do hate Jews. And that's a problem. That's a real problem. So anyway, Jeremy Corbyn's been out there. Obviously, he apparently cares about Palestinians a lot. Um, you know, which I'm always slightly what I find weird, right? Is why the, the, the figures on the left, out of all the people who are having political problems or, or problems of injustice around the world, why is it they choose the Palestinians, right? As opposed like, to the Uyghurs or anything happening in Africa or, or anyone Syria. else, yeah, right? Because and and I think this again goes into the sort of left wing, the identity politics schema of uh, if if officially oppressed people are or people with dark skin are are oppressing somebody else, you can't talk about that, right? You can't say that these people are, are oppressors because they they by definition can't be because they have dark skin, right? Because everything's about skin color. Um, so and then obviously Jews 
I think, right, like part of this is anti-Semitism and part of it is because it is impossible in the identity politics schema for white people to be oppressed or to suffer discrimination um, because because of their skin colour, right? Which is news to every Jew, right? <laughs> who choose who were burnt, uh, burnt uh, and gassed in the Holocaust, um, who I, I guess technically are white, uh, but were murdered because of specifically because of their race. Um, so anyway, this is Piers. This is Piers Morgan, right? Piers, I'm not, not a huge, not a big fan of Piers Morgan. I think Piers Morgan is a bit of a reactionary dick. Well, broken clock and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't know when to shut up sometimes, Piers Morgan. But he is a very good interviewer, and he's quite insightful, and he's been quite balanced on this issue. So I'm going to play a clip on Piers Morgan of Jeremy Corbyn being asked whether Hamas is a terrorist group, right? Bear in mind, Hamas is a, Hamas fighters uh, raped, murdered, beheaded, burnt alive Jews, innocent Jews in Israel. Right? Including in children. Jordan, including children, including newborns. Including babies. Yeah, just, let's make that yeah. super clear. Be clear babies. about this. We just want to be clear about this, right? Um, film themselves gang raping women, uh, butchering people, uh, I heard one story of a Hamas fighter calling his calling his parents up as he was killing a Jew, and bragging about, um, uh, you know, he's killed ten Jews. He was this was it, but you know, uh, God is great. I've killed ten Jews, right? This is the so here's Piers Morgan asking um, Jeremy Corbyn whether they're a terrorist group. Is it possible to have a rational can't, can't, can you? Is it possible? Come on, answer that you question. Can't, can you? you answer it? No. My show, you answer my question. Well, are, Hamas, are, the, are Hamas a terror group? Listen, can I... Are they a terror group? Piers, can we go through what ought to be happening? Just answer my question. Why do you think... Are Hamas a terror group? ...in the world are calling for a ceasefire? Are Hamas a terror group? Come on, answer that. Answer are, me. No, it's not so many, your show. You've got so many opinions. Why should I answer yours and you won't answer mine? Why do you give out your opinions all day and every day? Are Hamas... You don't like are Hamas a terror back group? Are Hamas a terror group? Yes or well, no? You won't, let, you won't like it when somebody yes puts no. back on you. What I've said is... I've asked you two questions. Should Hamas stay in power and are they a terror group? You're refusing to answer either of them. They that won't. is very telling. They and won't. you wonder, and you wonder why not, people think you had a problem not with Jewish people, at all, right? Is you wonder, is your inability to keep quiet for 30 seconds yeah. to allow anybody I, to answer On my show, I ask people questions. You and shout normal, at people. Normally, they answer them. I, you shout at people. I, well, I, only when they won't answer the question. I, you shout at people all the you time. Deliberately not, for a long time. You deliberately not answer my questions. Seven times he asked. Is, it, is Hamas a terrorist group? It, it, he just couldn't do it. Could not bring himself to call Hamas a terrorist group, right? I, whatever your position is on what Israel was doing in, in Gaza, right? Whatever you think about that, and I have some thoughts about that. I think it's obviously, like, absolutely heartbreaking what's going on. Um, but if you can't call an Islamic fundamentalist group that did all of that, all of the above, everything that we out outlined. I mean, I don't understand it. Why can't it, 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 say they're a terrorist group? Yeah, and we were discussing this before the show. You can you can hold the position that what Israel is doing in in uh, the Gaza Strip right now is horrible, that they're committing war crimes, and believe that Hamas is a terrorist group, and say yeah. those things out loud. And not contradict yourself, and right. not be and be correct. You can these two things can be true. The Israeli government is doing terrible things in the Gaza Strip, and Hamas is doing terrible things. I, when I wrote in my article, there are no good guys here. There's no heroes. There's no right side. Both of them are terrible fucking people. Terrible right. groups who do not give a shit about the innocent civilians getting caught in between them. You can say both of these things and, and yeah. believe them and not have a moral contradiction. You don't have to believe one or the other. And yet he couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do he, it. It was so hard for him to do that. You could say, right. yeah, Hamas is terrible. What Israel's doing is wrong, but yeah, Hamas is terrible. Why is that so hard? 
It's why a, yeah. And, and this is why I'm trying to explain to, to people why I'm bang or why we have been banging on about this, like why this is so important that like why I'm, I'm still stuck on the reaction to October 7th. Right. Which was like just over a few, just a few weeks ago. Right. It was, it was barely a few weeks ago that the, the reaction of lot of, lots of people I know, lots of liberals who I know, did not say a word about it. Didn't say anything in response, other than I stand with Palestine, other than you know posting the parachute meme, right? Um, and then as soon as Israel starts, you know, responding, they were to, outraged, like it was they were fury, out- and like, oh my god, I can't believe they're doing that. It's like, what? What did you think was going to happen? Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, part of me thinks like I know, this is just part of me, right? This is part part of me thinks that. You know, um, Hamas started a war and now they have one. And now everybody's saying, oh, well, this is fucked up on Israel's behalf. It's like, well, they're in a war. Like, this is what happens when you start a war, right? If you attack someone, then this is what happens. While I'm not excusing what's happening, in, in, in what the Israeli forces are doing, right? I think they've got an impossible job to do. They, it's an impossible mission to fight a... a, a a paramilitary organization that embeds itself within civilian infrastructure and oh, and, and to be let's be super clear Hamas openly brags about doing that yeah this is yeah. not this is not western propaganda they put out videos specifically bragging that they do this yeah okay so this is a specific tactic of theirs yeah okay so okay go ahead Right, but this is again like this is sort of an inconvenient. These are all regarded as being inconvenient facts, right? That you're not, you, you know what I mean. And I have a, I have a real problem with this. It's like I, I don't, I genuinely don't understand what you would want them to do. What are they supposed to do? What would any other country on earth do, right? Well, like, shit, we know what we would do. We did. Right. We went yeah. in. We killed hundreds of thousands of people. Yes, 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 which was horrible, which was fucking horrible. Um, I mean, the US did it with no, I mean, September 11th, right? Iraq and Afghanistan didn't even attack America, right? They were mostly Saudis. Um, uh, on the, the hijackers were mostly Saudi Arabians, right? Exactly. Like, and we leveled two countries. We leveled two countries in response to it, right? Which I'm not excusing. I don't think that's at least Israel's got the right country. Right or the or the right region. This is where Hamas is. Right, they're right. attacking us where they are. Um, so again, this is not to say that I'm a f- I like what's happening, or you know, I would love for there to be a ceasefire to happen. But I also think that it's an unex it's an unacceptable risk. Hamas staying in power is un- you cannot have that. Not when they've done something like that. And because I want- if they've done it once, they're gonna try to do it again. Oh, but yeah, but that's part of their their entire platform is that's what they're committed to doing to wiping out all jews right if you leave if you leave them at this point if you leave them in power because before they were like okay maybe they've chilled out maybe they've calmed down they we've got them at the point where it's just like okay we could have an uneasy coexistence and clearly they don't so now it's like well either they have to go or they're going to keep killing us as frequently as they can and yeah. at that point, it's like, well, they've made it clear. There can't be coexistence. They have to kill Hamas. So what do you do at that yeah. point? Yeah, yeah. This is this is where I'm at. And it, 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 obviously, it's, it's a terrible place to be. It's a terrible, terrible, terrible conundrum, right, where there are no easy outcomes here. But we can get into that, you know, do, are the Jews the colonizers, right? They're, so there's... A, I wanted to read this bit. Uh, uh, this is an excerpt of, a, of an excellent post. Um, from Coleman Hughes, who I think is very sane on this subject, right? Coleman Hughes. Um, so he's written a piece in response to a lot of the far left um, identity politics crowd that want to call Israel an apartheid state and Jews colonizers and um, ran this through the filter of, of uh, oppressed versus oppressors uh, and compare uh, Zionism to European colonialism, etc. All of which is basically like the more you, you know, this is something that I may have, I probably would have parroted this kind of stuff um, uh, several years ago, right? But this is, it's basically left wing propaganda, right? It's not true. Okay. So I'm going to read just a little bit. Um, 
from from uh, Coleman Hughes, right? He writes in the Free Press. He says this view of the Arab, the Israeli-Arab conflict has lodged itself deeply in the Western psyche. It's why organisations like Amnesty International condemn Israel as an apartheid state, despite the glaring differences between Israel and the canonical example of apartheid South Africa. It is why Black Lives Matter chapters across America came out in reflexive support of Hamas mere days after the terror group slaughtered 1,200 Israelis in the most gruesome ways imaginable. And his wife, Ta-Nehisi Coates, considered by many to be America's leading public intellectual on race, recently called Israel a Jim Crow regime and compared cities in the West Bank to Baltimore and Chicago. But close to home analogies rarely explain distant events. These analogies, while convenient and easy to understand, do more to mislead than to inform. Nowhere has this been truer than in comparison between the Israeli-Arab conflict and the West racial and colonial history. Let's start with the idea, which the Washington Post Karen Attia has recently amplified, that Zionism is similar to European colonialism. Whereas Europeans had no claim to belong in the New World, Jews are indigenous to the land and have lived there continuously for millennia. Just before the wave of first wave of Zionist migration in the late 19th century, there were a pre-existing Jewish community there numbering between 13,000 and 20,000. European colonialists sought to expand empires and extract wealth on behalf of their home countries. Early Zionists, by contrast, were poor migrants fleeing pogroms, legally migrating to their ancestral homelands and purchasing small tracts of land from willing Arab sellers. Once the British mandate began, more Jews, many fleeing the Nazis, migrated and purchased land, such that by 1947, hundreds of thousands of Jews had migrated to the region. In the years after 1948, the overwhelming majority of Jews living in Arab countries, fleeing persecution in places like Iraq, Morocco and Egypt, migrated to Israel. Black Americans had their own, Black Americans had our own version of Zionism. Sorry, Coleman Hughes is African-American for those who know. Um, he continues, in the first half of the 19th century, roughly 5,000 Black Americans, some fleeing slavery and others fleeing Northern racism, sailed to West Africa and in 1847 founded the nation of Liberia, a Black ethno-state meant to be a haven for African-Americans. Another 10,000 or so Black Americans would migrate to Liberia in the decades after its founding, in the 1920s, Marcus Garvey's Back to Africa movement, which planned to move blacks by the tens of thousands into Liberia, was at the height of its popularity, with African-Americans with membership numbering in the millions. Though in hindsight we might criticise the practicality of either project, we shouldn't deny the appeal of returning to one's ancestral homeland, especially in the context of fleeing persecution. Uh, and he goes on. Um, and then this is specifically about the Arab-Israeli conflict, about the apartheid. So the key difference between the nature of the Arab-Israeli conflict and South African apartheid is that Israeli policies in the occupied West Bank, checkpoints, movement restrictions and so forth, are rooted in legitimate security concerns rather than racism. Because the word security has been dulled through overuse, it is crucial to remember what it really means. Security means preventing what happened on October 7th, which Hamas has promised to do over and over if given the chance. No function of the state could be more important. I'll stop reading there, but I highly recommend people reading this. It's called uh, Common Hughes, The Struggle for Black Freedom Has Nothing to Do with Israel. And that is in the free press. Um, I think a uh, perfectly reasonable, rational, rational, um, logical article, right, that people on the left would do well to listen to. Well, they're too busy yelling at Democrats to do that yes 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 which which um i think that's another another aspect of this uh of this thing that um you know I, a lot of this has to do with the neoliberals right the the the, the, the hillary clinton from israeli democrats they hate right. so much which is you know that that was uh that that was very apparent last night we're recording on thursday so last night being wednesday night um there was an actual riot outside of the dnc headquarters by a group of somewhere between 100 and 150 free Palestine people um, who were very, very angry at the DNC for something. Um, it's not clear what, because, you know, what does the DNC have to do with Pal the, Pal uh, the Israel-Hamas war? No one knows. It's the DNC. The hell do they have to do with it? What are they going to do? Yeah, but Hillary Clinton, the deep state, don't you know? Yeah, they, they don't have any power over that. I mean, Jesus Christ, they, they get freaking Democrats elected. Uh, what are they, they going to do? So, 
the thing the thing that I found amazing about that, and again, we discussed this before the show, is that the RNC headquarters is like a couple of blocks away, and there weren't no protests over there. Right. Now, let, let's be super clear, okay? There is not a single Democrat that is calling for all the Palestinians to be killed, okay? Right. The most, the most strident thing that a Democrat is saying is that Israel has the right to defend itself, okay? Or that Hamas has to be wiped out. That's the most strident thing that a Democrat is saying. Republicans, on the other hand, are openly saying, and there's been multiple that have said this, that all the Palestinians have to be wiped out, Yeah. right? That they should kill every single, all two plus million of them should be killed. That's what Republicans have been saying. Now, you have these free Palestinian people who are screaming about how they oppose genocide. Now, if you if you oppose that, if you're really angry about genocide, do you yell at the people who are saying, well, you know, the terrorist group should be the, the people who committed this attack should be killed? Or do you go after the people who say, all two million plus people there should be killed. You go after the people who are actually calling for a genocide because you're anti-genocide. That's who you go protest, the people who are actively calling for genocide. But that's not who they protest. They never protest Republicans. They only protest Democrats, which suggests that they don't actually care about the whole genocide thing. They care about protesting Democrats because right. it doesn't make any other sense any other way. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, and 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 ditto for the Hamas. Hamas is calling for genocide. I mean, right. like literally calling for genocide, as in it's in their charter, right? And they're very open about it. But we, yeah, you know, we want to kill all the Jews, and. They're like, oh, well, that's okay. Of course it is, because it's Jews, right? It's always okay to call for the death of Jews. Right. It's just it's just watching these this group of people screaming, they're screaming their hate at Democrats. It's like, why is it just Democrats? At the very least, right? Because both parties are kind of united in their support for Israel. At least they should be protesting both parties. At the very, very least. But they're not. They're yeah. only protesting Democrats, yeah, which tells you it, yeah. it's not about the cause. It's about the party. They hate Democrats. Yeah, they see uh, they see Republicans closer to what they want than and Democrats. Jews. And Jews. And right. they hate Jews. I'm sorry. I have to say it. Like, I, you know, I just find myself having no other explanation anymore. I can't in any way just I don't know what to say. Well, I'm right. sure if you poked them hard enough, somewhere along the line, you would get them to say out loud, well, the Democrats are owned by, you know, the Jews. You would, if you poked them hard enough, if you pushed them hard enough, you would get them to say it. Because yeah, there's a reason they hate Democrats so much. Yeah, and and and, that, and that's what I, I believe is happening. I, 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 do, I do genuinely believe, I just think that they just, they believe that Jews don't, they, Jews do not count as people. Yeah, and right. this this riot was this riot was run by the the Democratic Socialists of America. So these are people who don't vote for Democrats in the first place. Mm. You know, these are these are anti anti Trump type people, which mm. makes them pro Trump, right? They just won't right. say it out loud. Right, right, exactly. All right, well, look, let's let's move on. Uh, I know we keep speaking of anti anti Trump. Anti. <laughs> Anti anti Trump. Uh, yes, uh, Jill Stein, your favorite, Justin, friend oh, of the I podcast. Oh, yes, close personal friend of us and Putin. Yeah, oh, yeah, right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> what has Jill Stein been up to this time? Well, last week she officially announced that she's running for president again as um, head of the Green Party. Uh, it should be noted she did not run in 2020. Um, apparently, she did not feel the need to. Um, I don't know. Maybe they thought that Trump was going to win, so why bother? Uh, mm. But she's certainly running this time. Uh, my personal opinion here is that she was ordered into the race by her sugar daddy, Vladimir Putin. Um, 
remember, she is a friend of Putin. There's a picture of her sitting at a table at a dinner in Russia with Putin, along with uh, Michael Flynn, because I remember that. Yeah, of course she would. They're buddies. Um, so, and the reason for this is uh, Cornell West. Cornell West has flaked out. Right? He's changed parties twice. He's not even an asterisk at this point. Uh, Marianne Williamson is flaked out. Right? She's not even running a real campaign. Um, RFK Jr. is pulling more votes from Trump than he is from Biden. And uh, I swear to God, I will bet you $100 that if that polling holds up until like March, if the in March he's still pulling number, he's still pulling more from Trump than uh, Biden, the alt left will go to war against him. Um, Dean Phillips. He's been he's been in he's been out there long enough that 538 has some data on him, right? They, there's some polling on him now. He's polling mm. in the single digits, 5.1 percent. Whoa, terrifying. And Jink Uger, right? Another close personal friend of the pod. Um, <laughs> he's an asterisk. I, I don't even know if he's like in the single digits. I don't even know if he's got like two percent, and he's still not constitutionally eligible to run anyway. So. All of these people have failed to do their job, which is rat fuck the election. So they have to try again. And Jill Stein is the next person to step in. And if she doesn't get anywhere, if she's only polling it like, you know, three or 4%, the next one's going to be Joe Manchin because they have to get somebody in there to rat fuck this election. Russia and the Republicans are desperate. Absolutely desperate. Yeah, this is not going well. This is not going well for the, the third party candidates, really, is it? It really isn't. No, it's not it really isn't. It's not the election for that, I think. It seems to me at least. Um, no, the, the no the no labels thing is gonna be like their Hail Mary. And I don't know if Joe Manchin's gonna go for it. If they I don't can't think get Joe Manchin, yeah, they have nothing. Right, right. I mean my sense is that this is a large money-making scheme as well. This isn't really anything to do with, you know, any love for the country. It's like a PR, it's a publicity sort of trick. Well, no, I mean, it could be both. I mean, well, I mean, everything with the alt-left and no labels is a grift, but it doesn't mean it can't also be used to help Republicans. Remember, yeah. uh, the whole no labels thing is a bunch of Republicans being funded by other Republicans along with Joe Lieberman, who hates Democrats. You know, like his whole thing was helping Republicans. So yeah. they only have to drain away enough votes in just the right key, uh, swing states. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's true. This stuff is very dangerous. I mean, it, it, it is. I mean, Dean Phillips, that like we talked about that with Steve Schmidt um, a couple of weeks ago, right, about Steve Schmidt putting his, the Lincoln Project guy. Right. Who put, who's um, now working Maybe. for Dean did he end up quitting already? No, that was um Peter Dow was the one that ended up quitting already. He, quitting he, what? Um, I think it might have been um Cornell West. He quit already. He was in there for a couple of weeks or months or whatever, and he dropped out. So, you know, right. It's just True. like a grifting merry-go-round. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is. It is. I, I, I think. Uh, did Cornell come out with his book yet? I, I'm sure there must be a book somewhere. Well, I know Marion Williamson has a book coming out, uh, which is why she's doing this. I don't know about Cornell West. Surprise, surprise, surprise right? Yeah, exactly. Surprise, surprise! There's a book coming out. <laughs> uh, well, look, we're going to keep a tab on these on on these grifters uh, in the coming weeks and months because I think you know I'm not worried yet. I'm not officially worried yet, but I think it's not helpful at all. Um, uh, let's move on to our grifter of the week. We have our we have. Uh, George Santos, right? Uh, finally, they're uh, dropping the hammer on this douchebag. So, ethics report came out and it, how much money he stole from his donors and what he spent it on. Um, and there was quite a lot of money, it turns out, right? It turns out there's quite a lot of money this guy had been pilfering uh, from, from his donors. Uh, who, yeah. First of all, just a quick question who is donating to this guy? I mean, I mean, some of it was RNC money. And then I guess it's like, you know, the people in his district who didn't know any better. 
right? Yeah. He was, they, they didn't know who he was. He just lied about everything at the time. And then, can, like, can we, we didn't. What he's using it for. Okay. So, according to the report, just this uh, is just part of it, right? $50,000 was transferred to Santos's personal checking accounts that he used to pay for credit card bills and other stuff. Uh, personal credit card bills, not even like campaign credit card bills. Um, he made a $4,127 purchase at Hermes. I, I don't even know what Hermes is. I'm assuming it's a high-end store um, that is way out of my price range, which is why I don't know about it. Um, he spent money on OnlyFans, so porn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, he paid for he. This guy's 35 years old, and he's paying for Botox treatments, which explains why his face looks so weird sometimes. Um, I was kind of wondering about that. I was like, is it me? Is it just the camera? No, nope. He does Botox. He does get Botox. Wow. At 35, and it's like it's a little young for Botox, man. Yeah, but I mean... you know, whatever. So, and that's just fifty thousand. That in just just part of it, which I'm sure there was way more. That he pilfered because when you're greedy, you're greedy. Um, The question is, is whether or not they're going to kick him out now, because there was a bunch of people, uh, Democrats, and I think some Republicans as well, who were waiting for because they didn't want to they didn't want to kick him out without the results from the ethics report. Right. They weren't comfortable doing that. But now the ethics report came out and was like, no, he definitely stole this money. And he was definitely doing stuff with it that he shouldn't have done. Now they're like a bunch of a bunch of Democrats were like, oh, no, now I'll definitely uh, vote to kick him out because now we have the results. And, yes, he definitely committed a crime. Right. And they they, they had said they weren't going to wait for him to be convicted in court. They said, we want the results to know for a fact that he did something. Yeah. So it's you know now it's a question because there was a bunch of. um um, Republicans in New York who wanted him out. Mm. So if all the Democrats and those Republicans from New York vote to oust him, that's a majority, and he's out. Even yeah. if all the rest of the Republicans say no, which I'm not sure they will. Like, I'll, both of them probably will, but I don't know if all of them are going to go to bat for George Santos. I'll be a little bit sad to see this guy go if he does get kicked out, because he's endlessly entertaining. I know, right? but he's just so... He's beyond, he's not even like normal corruption. He's beyond normal corruption. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's pretty bad. He's a stain. Like, even for Republicans, they, they've got to be like, uh, I don't, you know, this bad, this guy makes us look bad, even for us. <laughs> this is bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's amusing. Uh, I, I find him, I find him to be endlessly entertaining, but that's just me. But look, all right, let's move on to our sunshine of the week. Um, this is what you guys come for. This is what this is. Uh, you've waited throughout the whole podcast to listen to Ray of Sunshine. So, the Ray of Sunshine today is well, it's a big one, right? It's uh, America's economy, <laughs> which is quite <Right>? big. <laughs> it's, well, it's the biggest economy in the world. Um, so By a lot, <laughs> yeah. America's economy is actually doing very well. So uh, this is, uh, let's look at uh, Europe versus Europe. Europe, Europe is double uh, that of Europe's post-pandemic, um, which is, you know, in part to do with Russia, of course, uh, the war in Russia. That's not been good for the global economy, particularly Europe. Uh, Europe has, has been catastrophic for Europe, in fact. Also, you've had Brexit, which has been bad for Britain and a lot of Europe as well. So that's good. Um, China. Okay. Uh, this well, is. Hold on. Before before you move on, a lot of it, a lot of it had to do with um the Russia, but it also had a lot to do with um the massive investment from the inflation inflation reduction act, which really jump started our economy. Like our economy was recovering from COVID, but holy crap, the investment um, reduction act, inflation reduction act, really turbocharged it big time. You mean, you mean socialism? Yes, absolutely. Joe Biden's absolute total 100% socialism and it worked it did exactly what it was designed to do we blew right past Europe in terms of recovery like we just took off like a rocket which has been great for us so thanks Biden 
Thank you, Joe Biden. Yeah, I mean, by every other metric, I mean, the, the inflation thing has now gone from like almost 10% down to, was it 3.2 or something? Right, right. and last month, last month, um, I was looking at Bob's article, it was zero for the month, not like for the whole year, but for the month, there was zero inflation uh, increase. So it was flatlined. We'll see if that stays yeah. that way, but hey, one month of flatline is fucking awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's something that I've noticed as well. Like, I mean, I, I, I'm i going to the UK for Christmas. I'm taking my family back to the UK for Christmas. Uh, and the, the flights were notably cheaper um, than they have been there in, in, the past, in the past year. So, yeah, this is this is really good news. Really, really good news. How How is the press going to spin? Uh, let's, let's, uh, hey, you know what? Let's not talk about negative stuff. <laughs> this isn't Let's let's leave it there, right? Because I want it's the ray of sunshine. Okay, uh, be happy about this. This is good news. This is good news for Joe Biden. It's good news for the country. Yes, the media is going to mess this up, and they're going to blame Biden for something else. And Republicans are going to be great, um, better on the economy, even though there's absolutely no evidence. Bob did a great piece this week about uh, urging, begging Republicans not to, or begging people not to vote for Republicans. Uh, or for fascism just because you know the gas prices are too high but it does take the, if the economy keeps going like that says it does take it off the plate as a negative for next year and that leaves republicans with very little to run on yes all very very good news very very good news indeed um Ooh. so look we are going to go into the emergency meeting now we're going to be talking about trump going full hitler and no republicans speaking out about it in fact, the, the opposite. We're going to be speaking about that. Please come and join us as we discuss that and how that potentially, this is pretty serious, actually. Um, really serious. This is some of the most vile rhetoric uh, that he's that he's done, I would say, thus far. Would you Would you agree? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, this was, this was a significant escalation, even for him. Even for him. So we're going to be talking about that. Please come and join us there. You can get 50% off a Bantam membership. Why should you get a banter membership? You should get a banter membership because we are 100% supported by readers. We don't have any advertising on the podcast or on the banter, uh, on the newsletter. So we rely on you to keep going. Um, this is what we love doing. This is what we hope we, you know, we've had a whole, had a, a big exodus of subscribers due to the Israel stuff and, and a big influx as well. So it's, it's kind of, I don't know, uh, it's, um, Hot, you know, it's depressing and also very. Uh, I was very happy about it. lots of people wrote kind notes this week about becoming a banter member and, and supporting us, even when we talk about stuff they might not even agree with. So, uh, don't agree with us, agree with us, but like what we have to say or find it interesting, please come, uh, please become a banter member, um, and join us in the members only podcast. And for the rest of you, we'll see you next week. Adios. <laughs>